Spur and Rotation podcast. I'm Ashley Cadell, and as always, I'm joined by Harry Discombe and Reese Davidson. Coming up, we're going oh, to go way. through NFL in rotation. Reese is excited to talk about the Bills. Harry and I are going to go going to grudge through the Bucks and the Cardinals defeats. We're also going to be going through our top five Russian quarterbacks at the end. Some tough decisions are definitely there to be made. But we're going to kick things off this week with NFL in rotation, a segment where we go through some of our takes from the previous week's NFL action. So obviously the Bills picked up a massive win on the road uh, against Wait, the I Chiefs. I'll just stop you there because you, you weren't aware of this, but we've had some interesting developments. Oh, wow. NFL in rotation. <laughs> oh yes! Look at that high production wow, quality. Wow, wow. Look at Let's the voice go. acting. Thank you, Liam I'm Hampton. S- Look at us leveling up. I'm so surprised. Um, I wasn't expecting it. That's um, huge. I love it. I love it. Some good work. Thank you, Liam. Thanks, Liam. Anyway, so, as you were saying. Yeah, what a game we had. The Bills, Reese. You must be absolutely ecstatic. Pat Mahomes versus Josh Allen. Josh Allen coming out on top. Absolutely buzzing, mate. You, you know, we've struggled against the Chiefs in the past and it's just been, it was unreal to see us grind out a tough victory. You know, at points in the game, we looked very flat. We looked like it was going to be a same old Bills versus Chiefs game, but in the end, it turned out in our favour. Got some interesting points from the game that I picked up whilst watching it that you want to see in disco because you fell asleep about 10 minutes in. <laughs> yeah, I literally, asked you, I literally asked you to wake me up uh, and you did not. Well, when I tried to wake you up, I got met with, huh? And then you went <laughs> yeah, back just to sleep. But anyway. Me, just smack me till I'm watching. Go on. Back to the game. So it was a big game in which Josh Allen set another record in his career. So... As I was saying, we looked flat for a period in which Wait, what Josh... was the record? I'm getting into the record. Uh-huh. <laughs> Josh Allen threw seven incompletions in a row. Oh. And that was the point where I was like, this is going to be the same stinky Bills against the Chiefs. The Bills but... jumper was coming off, wasn't it? You were halfway. Yeah, yeah. Oh, no, the Bills That's thing. why I didn't wake me up. He didn't want me to time, see the Chiefs baby. shirt on him. <laughs> Anyway, after he threw <laughs> seven incompletions in a row, he set a career high for the amount of completions for the amount of completions he made in a row. So that's a nice nice bit of improvement from him there, showing that he can be accurate. A lot of the, the bad points towards Josh are his completion rate and his accuracy. But a lot of a lot of good things coming from the game. Devin Singletree gave us a glimpse of what he can do with a great performance. Mm, I he picked him out as well. Nice. Yeah. Eight, 85 yards from 17 carries. Um, although I don't think we used him to the full of what we could have. He had a massive play to get as a first and goal. And then we didn't use him for the rest of the drive. And Josh threw three incompletions. So I think we could have utilised him a lot better with the way he was playing. But again, you got Gabe Davis showing his worth. Massive touchdown. And you got Stefan Diggs doing what Stefan Diggs does. Stepping up whilst in facing double coverage mm. and making massive plays. 150 yards. Line. Yeah. Mm. 
Massive, massive plays. Um, you got Taron Johnson with a massive pick. I'm not even gonna lie; I'd never heard of the guy until I seen the pick. Um, but you got Von Miller with his two sacks, just unbelievable. Yeah, I think exactly. I think Von Miller was the story of the game. He was yeah, class. It is. We've been talking about him all year as Bills fans. Uh, he, he's just. The, the guy we needed, and you see that against the Chiefs. We we didn't have that guy that could close it out, but he had two sacks. He he made that unbelievable play on third down where he missed a sack and then managed to get mm. Mahomes at the line of scrimmage, which mm. forced the, the, the offense off the field and in turn the, they had to go for the field goal. So seeing Von Miller make the plays that we got him for... It's really yeah. nice to see it. it I think puts, I puts think confidence. he he was the story of the game because to me it kind of I, I have rewatched it back. Um, it, it did it felt kind of a lot like the the playoff game did last year. Obviously there wasn't quite the offensive explosion at the end, but maybe that was because of Von Miller. Um, because because the difference was, and I think Tony Romo was saying it in the game as well that that little half uh, extra half second or whatever. Patrick Mahomes wasn't getting, and that's all he needs to make the play. Von Miller was closing him down, so the it did feel like you exactly brought in Von Miller to close that tiny gap between you and the Chiefs. And in your first game against him since he's arrived, that's the way it's turned out. It's like the story so far for the Bills season seems pretty perfect. Uh, um, I I think it's Von Miller the the key. He looked like it was in the twilight of his career at the Broncos. He played in eighty percent or or more of his snaps. In, in his last three years in Denver, and he's really slowing down, getting injured or whatever, but the Bills are using him perfectly right. He's not played more, he's only played more than 60% of snaps in one game so far yeah. this year, and he looks fresher, he looks more explosive, and he, he's making just as big as it, as of an impact as ever. Well, that's the thing, as you say, he's getting on a bit now, and we're paying him a lot of money to be that guy that can close out games, so we got to keep making sure we're managing him correctly, and I think we're doing a great job of that at the moment. He played a, a big role in stopping each of the last three of the Chiefs' drives uh, yeah. at the end there. Um, you know, there was, first of all, at the beginning of the fourth quarter, led to only a field goal being scored um, when the Chiefs were 2017 ahead. Uh, he got he got the sack on third, third and six when the Chiefs got the ball back, forcing them to punt, and then finally he got the pressure on Mahomes again deep into the fourth quarter before he threw the interception, obviously to seal the win. So obviously that's showing how important he is, how clutch he is um, at the yeah. end there. Um, obviously, a massive pickup on that defence. Yeah, the, obviously Tyron Johnson gets the, the praise for making the pick, but it wouldn't have happened without that pressure from Von Miller forcing Mahomes out of the no. pocket. Um, I, I did just want to say, Reese. I'm quite surprised you were sort of giving Josh Allen. You were focusing on a bit of his negatives. I thought I think this is the game to be praising him. Some of the stuff he was doing was crazy. I mean, I mean, yeah. uh, just to mention that that run that where he jumped Dear over Allen, the guy as baby. well. Yeah, well, it's yeah, just crazy. He uh, loves some crazy that one shit. Up. I just can't believe that. that one up. Oh, sorry. That was obviously just in one of those games, like against the Chiefs. You know, Josh Allen versus Pat Mahomes. You know, he's rising to the big occasion. I, I thought everything he did was, you know, pretty. He was pretty spot on. Like it, it did everything you wanted to do in the win. To be fair, well, that, I, you've I, had I a couple of, of wins just by by one score now, haven't you, Reese? And that's kind of been your hoodoo over the last couple of years or whatever. So maybe you're, you're finally getting rid of that bottle job moniker, yeah, it's, although it's, it's still the first third of the season. It's too. 
two big wins against very good teams as well. It's not like one we're winning one possession games against your your average teams. It's been the Ravens and the Chiefs. So again, it's really nice to see, and we look like we're making. We look like a, an even better side than we were last year, and this game's given me the confidence that maybe we've got the balls to finish it off now. But we one, shall see. one other point that I wanted to make, Isaiah McKenzie very much disappointed me this weekend. The, the self-proclaimed... Ooh face of the franchise and I think he, he was awfully he, he did not he looked so out of his comfort zone he had five targets and only two receptions so I think there's questions to be asked there and he had that awful fumble on a first drive and he had a miscatch in the end zone which prevented us from putting six on the board I think there's questions to be asked Isaiah there you're in a pretty nice position when when your biggest weak link is Isaiah McKenzie dropping mm. a couple of catches or, or whatever though. So it must feel pretty Just good to be a Bills fan cards. right now. It yeah. must be. Uh, it must also feel pretty good to be a Jets fan right now. Ash, Ash, you kind of you bigged them up before the season. How are you feeling mm. right now uh, as a bit of a Jets follower? Well, obviously, just it's quite nice to see uh, sort of statements coming kind of true at the minute. Yeah, they're doing well. Yeah, you love of... it, don't you? <laughs> so Robert Salah loves it even more because if he didn't cash in those receipts he kept before then he certainly has now um, <laughs> they've gone to 4-2 and two. phenomenal 27-10 win against the Packers I was saying to Ben Ben's recently found his love for, for the Jets um, I was saying to him I just do not see the Jets winning uh, I couldn't see oh, the Packers oh shit Grindrod likes the Jets does he yeah yeah did you not I thought he told wow. you um, potentially I don't know but um yeah um he's a, he was he was asking me before I was saying no, I, I just can't see the Jets winning I think the Packers have um you know they're not going to lose two in a row not against the Giants and the Jets I just couldn't see it but you know fair play to him what an incredible defensive performance it was Kinnan Williams uh was just all over the place sacks uh blocked um kicks blocked punts I can't remember which one it was I think it was a punt uh, no sorry it was a, kick. a punt yeah uh Whichever one it was, it was some <laughs> great work. Um, and, you know, I think it just shows what a win it was. You can never imagine somebody like the Jets really being the Packers like last year. Um, no. Obviously, nice to shit on the Packers again, but the Jets were mm. pretty pretty class, especially on defense. Yeah, I mean, this is kind of, I don't know, this win uh, definitely changes the way I see the Jets at, like, at least a little bit. Um like we we did would your record lie to you last week check it out if you haven't done already um and i i still think the jets are probably the biggest example of that in the nfl uh right now but they've definitely gone up um gone up in my estimations after and it's hard for them not to after that win against the packers cuz the, the wins before have been fluky the onside kick against the browns they were playing miami's third string um third string quarterback uh, when they beat them but you know this this is something else you cannot beat Aaron Rodgers and that Packers offense even though they've looked dodgy and Matt LaFleur and that D you, you can't fluke fluke a win like like they did but I still do believe um, their record is is one of the biggest lies in the NFL and the main reason for that 
is Zach Wilson. It seems to me the team is winning in spite of him rather than because of him. He struggled to 10 completions for 100 yards against the Packers. He's not had a 300-yard game in the NFL yet in his career. He has the highest turnover-worthy play rate in the league, but the ninth lowest big-time throw rate. And he had 14 completions in that win versus the Dolphins. He had two interceptions in the win versus the Steelers. Uh, so I, I think it, it's... I'm struggling to... I don't think he's taken a step even at all. Maybe you could say he has because he's not throwing as many turnovers now. But I think the Jets squad has just improved around him. So he has he, he's not having to, to win games on his back like he did last year. So he's not completely capitulating. But he's still... He's still not showing us much at all. He's definitely got more weapons, but I think just watching his his body language and everything on the field, he, he looks so much more comfortable in that role now. And yeah. I think he he might, although you're saying he might not have taken steps ability wise, I think in terms of mentality and confidence, the way he just swaggers around the field now, I think he's definitely getting more comfortable and that that's a step you need to take to be able to get better. I think you're being pretty harsh on Zach Wilson there, to be honest. I think from a Jets perspective, I think you just got to be happy that they've got a QB in now. Who, well, what, winning... what did I say about Zach Wilson that wasn't absolutely true there? That wasn't. I, think, I don't think he's as sort of bad as you were making out there. Um, I can't uh, remember I off exactly off what you were saying. Oh, well, no, I just I think you're painting him quite a negative light. You know, I think as a Jets fan, you've got to be quite pretty happy with what's well. going. I think he has played well. I think he has played well in parts. Obviously, there's there's been times where he hasn't done been amazing, but um, I think as as I just said, as a Jets fan, you got to be happy with what's going on. They've had two. He's had two clean games. He's not throwing interceptions, and the team's winning. I, I think it's quite. Overly critical. I think, I think I think he's he's made important runs with his legs at times. He's got um you know key plays, fair enough. key moments as well. Um against the Steelers, um there was quite a few long drives where he was accurate with his pass and got the team down the field and just allowing um players like Brees Hall to to prosper. And you know you look at how he's doing and he's been yeah. such a success early on. That's what that's what I was gonna say. Like he he, he may not have. Come on, leaps and bounds ability wise, but he's he's allowing players like Brees Hall to shine, and that it, he's not putting the team on his back completely with the performance of the rookies. But but that that's the thing you you're getting annoyed about it, but that's your opinion, and we're telling you I'm our not, opinion. Yeah, you're I'm not. I'm just struggling. Fine, you keep saying I'm being harsh on him, but like nothing I've said is untrue. I take the points here. Um, he's not thrown games away, and they are winning. But I'm saying they're winning in spite of him. I'm saying yeah, he's no. been since he come back from injury a bottom five quarterback in the league, and it makes it makes their wins more impressive. I it makes their performances from the other player uh, rookies and whatever more impressive. But I don't think uh, the four and two or anything is sustainable because um, because Zach Wilson's not playing well at all. I, th- I think no, that's fair enough. I think I think you've. He's definitely he has definitely hasn't like sort of done anything to win games for the Jets. He he hasn't been the one to sort of carry the offense or any way, but he's done his job when he's needed to. As he said, he hasn't thrown games away. I take that point. Um, 
but I just feel like just by sort of focusing on that, it isn't what you should be focusing on from a Jets p- perspective right now. You should, they should, you know, you should be happy that you're winning games. No, I agree with that. <clears throat> and I think it's allowing him to settle in, uh, you know, learn the NFL. He still obviously he was injured quite a lot last year. Um, so he's, you know, he's still learning and yeah. look how difficult it is to play, play in this league. Hardly anyone can do it. So fresh in, just let him settle within a good environment at the moment. Uh, let him sort of learn the game without putting too much pressure on him. And I, th- I think he's, he can develop nicely within the next couple of seasons. I think, um, uh, the offensive line hasn't been good. They've done well to, to paper over that. Uh, I said I said before the season actually that Zach Wilson might fail to live up to increasing expectations as the roster um, gets better around him. But I've, they've got uh, they're coming up against some real tough pass rushes in the next four weeks. I, uh, I think they've got I can't remember who they've got in the next four games, but their schedule gets a bit tougher uh, at least defensively. Uh, and actually, I think they're going to lose their next four games. Looking at the pass rushes. And everything that has coming um, that Zach Coulson is coming up against, and I, I'm not sure what they've shown us to win these games will be enough to overcome that in the next four weeks. And I think in four weeks we'll be looking at a, a much more realistic win total for the Jets, maybe like a, a four and six, which they shouldn't be disappointed with because the rookies have improved and they are showing improvements from last year. But they're not they're not one of the better teams in the NFL, and I and I think it will come crashing down before too long. Yeah, it's fair enough. I can I can see why, but I think uh, you know the the Packers win has certainly sort of shown something different. For, if got, I think yeah, that's be fair given enough. That. They, and they yeah, have gone it... up in my. They're not the Jets anymore. Uh, yeah, they're, no, they're just a, a slightly below average NFL team. I just I just wouldn't be anymore, using so this nice the time step. to be fo- looking at that. I'd be looking at the time to be looking at the positives really because of how much of the improvement that uh, sort of where they I were. Get about the Jets positives. I'm just I'm just saying I. No, yeah, if you're a Jets fan, absolutely, you're loving your life right now. And uh, with how well these rookies are and, and Zach Wilson's not losing games, yeah, you shouldn't be concentrating on that. But I, I just want to take a step back and be like, well, let's slow down here. Zach Wilson's actually not playing well at all. And with so many rookies doing well, uh, we all heard of the rookie wall. I was reading about it uh, before the match, and uh, so many NFL players say it's a, uh, before this episode, sorry, say it's a, it's a real thing. And with so many rookies doing well, I can see that coming into play in the season. Obviously, rookies have got to deal with a longer camp, a longer season. It's more serious, more physical, a better, higher quality in the NFL. And there's been so many cases. It's it's a well-known thing that the the rookie wall get, can hit you. So I I think with these baby jets, as as they're being um, as they're being called, I, I think this might be the peak of their season. And that, I think you know. You, Going back to your point as about Zach Wilson, I think I don't think anyone's sort of denying that he could be playing better. Of course, and obviously the focus is more on those other guys, as you say. Um, you know, you've got like Sauce Gardner, um, as well as the the other guys on the defense uh, alongside him, selling him well. Uh, Jermaine Johnson sort of had a bit of a slower start, but all of the guys, you know, everyone was saying how the Jets had won uh, the draft, and I think those sorts mm. of guys, are, you know, that's proven to be. Uh, the Jets for the future they're sort of may, perhaps not ready to reach playoff levels yet but they're sort of heading in that direction and with the youth that is there they can certainly get there you know uh, Brees Hall too as well how good has he been I think that's really big and important for them yeah yeah uh, two way sort of play looks 
very indeed, uh, very good indeed. I feel like I've sort of depressed you both with my um, with my anti jets take. More of an anti Zach Wilson take, really. Yeah, 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 yeah. No, yeah, absolutely. But I don't think anyone's um, saying like he he's he's like amazing. He's the one doing it. No one's really saying that. But he's I mean, sort of tick, I, I, keeping I it ticking. No, I just mean on the Jets. Uh, I think the Jets win winning the Jet the way they're playing right now is not sustainable. That's basically. My I, point. I think I think you get, you must gain a lot of momentum in terms of beating the Packers though, especially. Oh, for when, sure. Like I think it was the first time that. The Packers have lost back to back on the mat the floor. I, I'm pretty sure I had that going into the game, and don't get me wrong, I wrote the Jets off against the Packers before the game had started, but they really impressed me by winning the game, and I think the momentum you, they will gain from that will will bring them on a definitely a good few more wins this season. We shall see. So I, I've upset you a bit. Well. Uh, Upset you both a bit with my Zach Wilson takes. Ash, I know how to cheer you up. Let's talk about the Cardinals, shall we? Oh, yes. I can't wait. I can't wait. We've moved to 2-4 and four against the Seahawks. And to be that honest... Was su- that was such a bad one. Yeah. You know, Smith, uh, Seahawks. I was like, before, before your game on so Sunday... So disappointed. So disappointed. The Seahawks' defence was last in yards in the NFL, second last in points... And and last in rush yards per game. Yeah, I know and how you bad go and score, the Seahawks you go and score defense sucked. You don't have them. to rub it in, mate. <laughs> <laughs> it just highlights that, like the Cardinals' offense. Like, obviously, it's time to worry. But like, when is it time yeah. for you as to worry about the play of Kyler Murray? I'm not worried about Kyler. I think it's more on Cliff than anything. I yeah, there's definitely it's not just on Kyler. There's definitely plenty of factors going on here, but. Kyler's not playing well. He has a 62 PFF pass grade this year, 30th in the league in big-time throw percentage, and his, his yards per attempt is worse in the league. And, of course, some of this is product of just the, off- the other offensive struggles. It's not all on Kyler Murray, but his longest pass completed this year is 32 yards. Five QBs actually have more rushing yards. Uh, and the Cards haven't scored 30 points in a game this year. At, at some point, I, I feel like you've got to put some blame on Kyler at least, because if he's as good as you as you say is, as good as he's just uh, been paid that amount of money, then he's got to rise above some of these issues and show a bit more than he has already, surely. And he's got to start watching film as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Get, get watching film now, Kyler. I think um, everyone, you know, at the Cards and myself included, really underestimate the absence of Hopkins. Um, you know, I think I cannot. Com- I, I'm just sorry to interrupt you, Ash, but I cannot wait for Hopkins to come back because, like, that's that's the Cardinals fans did, out of excuses did, now. Did you um, did you see um, Pew after the game where Amendola missed the kick? Did you see his little outburst in the dressing room, Ash, regarding how it's it, it's not right that everyone's waiting on this one guy to come back? Uh, you, I, I think you, you can't. You can't wait, wait, wait! Wasn't that last week? I swear that was Justin Pugh. Yeah, that was last week with Justin Pugh. Yeah, Uh, but I mean, if I was allowed to have finished earlier, um, I wasn't trying to use it as an excuse. Um, (laughs) Yeah, but you're only covering (laughs) your tracks now because you you you're gonna look look silly if Diop comes back and nothing changes. No, yeah, fair enough. Completely are using it as an excuse. No, if if it if it doesn't change, then you know, as I said. 
everyone has underestimated. Everyone has underestimated the absence of D Hop, and not myself included. But that is why we're not doing well. Is because it's not just because of him. But we've sort of thought we're going to be fine. We're going to keep playing how we're playing, how we played last year. We've got Hollywood Brown now. Cliff Kingsbury and the rest of the coach and staff are thinking that, and that's not been the case. And I think we've been a little bit naive and thinking that we can just go ahead and and play how we can instead of trying to change away and, and without. Andre Hopkins and I think we sort of tried to just go at it in that same approach and it's not worked. So would you would you portion a lot of the blame to poor self scouting then from Steve Kine from Cliff Kingsbury from from people in that organization? Yeah, I think I don't think the, co- yeah. the coaching staff has done a good job at preparing for the situation at all. We you know obviously we had had obviously we had had quite bad luck and injuries, but you've got to be expecting that um, in the NFL as part and parcel of it. You've got to be prepared for those yeah. situations, and clearly we weren't. Um, you know, and and we we weren't able to adapt to it. You see teams lose lose guys, important guys, all the time, and I don't think you we've done at, enough look, to adapt to it. You know, the Seahawks that yeah you have, and obviously you've got a great roster and great depth anyway. So losing a couple of big players. You know, you've made up. You know, you've you've got that depth there. It's not as big of a hit. You know, it's. I think for us, our depth isn't great. We lose big guys, and you know that's pretty detrimental to our season. Um, Doesn't help when some of them decide to take drugs and get banned either, though, does it? I mean, I just. I just start. You you look how important it is. You put people like Aaron Rodgers at the Packers losing Devontae Adams, and the Bills' offense pretty much runs through Stefan Diggs. If if he wasn't there, the Bills would take a big hit. I think that's that's just how it happens in the NFL. You lose your big receiver, and it all Don't the offenses do struggle. It happens Dave all the time. Davis, baby. He gets like three or four receptions in a game, like. Yeah, he makes the big throws and he makes the big catches, etc. But he. It's it's run through digs, isn't it? If he wasn't there, it'd be massive, it'd be huge, and you see that at the Packers. Nice to see but, you having a nibble on that hook, bro. Yeah, I think I think it's fair enough. You're losing one of your best players on the offense. It's gonna take a step backwards, whatever. But like, it's not just taking a step backwards. It's now one of the worst offenses in the in the league. And Kyler Murray, according to you, at least, he meant to be one of the best quarterbacks in the league. The only like, time to me... Best quarterbacks overcome this. Look at what, like, other offences... Look at what Seattle's doing over there. And uh, look at the, uh, the Falcons' offence this year. Right? Not the greatest or whatever, but they're overcoming talent deficiencies and make building that back up, either through the play of insane play of Geno Smith, for example, or through schemes or, or something like that. And we'll get onto the Bucks later because we're in a bit of a similar position, but... Like you, you should be doing better at least. You can't. Does that excuse for Kyler Murray's three fumbles this year? He had another costly one on I mean, Sunday. The, I think the only the only time the Cardinals have looked impressive to me this season is when it gets to the fourth quarter and it's too late. When Kyler decides, when Kyler decides that it's time for him to put put the team on his back and try do all the running and puts the game on his own legs that's the only time you've looked impressive and it's always when the game's already gone when it's too late because you you you, you don't look like you want it until the third late third quarter or the fourth quarter and i think that's, I think that's be... one of the biggest problems well, I as I said earlier, we're, the... we're not doing good enough. I, I literally said that we're not do, good, doing good enough. It's not been good enough all round. Everyone's um, badly impacted. And Kyla had the reason why we have got two wins is pretty much because of Kyla and picking up at the end and him clutching up. Um, but I think, it, 
I don't really, I wouldn't really be picking out Carla at this point. I think the the blame has got to be put on everyone, really, uh, especially the sort of the coaching stuff and the schemes and how it's been working. So, in your opinion, you... is it is it going to change next week when Diop comes back? I think I think that's going to be pretty big. I think he's definitely going to uh, change things up. It's the same to any offense. You know, they there's there's so much more focus on on a player like that. You, a lot more gonna have sort of double teams on receivers like that. It's gonna just spread spread the game open, make it more open for other receivers as well as sort of keep uh, the the defensive players back, uh, open up space for the run game as well. You saw how effective players like James Conner were last season when they had the time and space to do so. I, I think it's really is a massive part of it, which you guys are underestimating. What, what, well, can you, you do you think that the Cards' offense will be a top ten offense then when Hopkins returns, like a top ten sort of offense? I don't think I can say that considering how poor we've been, but I think it's going to dram- dramatically improve it. What, uh, I mean, there is other on... issues as well. We, we've got issues on our O line. No, you know, no Rodney Hudson, Justin Pugh out as well. That's all part of it too. But I think that still will have an improvement. What's your thoughts on Robbie Anderson coming in and? His his clear problems with losing with his attitude that got him basically traded to you from the Panthers. Do you, do you think that's going to be a good thing coming in, or do you think his attitude could cause problems with how poor you're doing at the minute as well? No, I don't. I don't really think that'll be an issue. I think he's just coming in because Hollywood Brown could be out for a long time, could be out for the season. So I think he's coming in to sort of offset some of that. Um, I, I don't. I think it will sort of be a fresh slate when he gets there, and I, I think he'll just be part of the receiving team, which is needed. You know, AJ Green sort of kind of looks like his career is heading towards the end. Excuse me. Um, I think you know Rondale Moore will still be a part of it, but there's he's going to be a part of that now, and the receiver set is going to change quite a lot. Obviously, no Hollywood Brown, um, and obviously Hopkins and Anderson coming in. I think. He'll them two will be the main guy with Rondell more, so it could be a lot different. I'll just ask this uh, one last question on the Cardinals before we move on. Do you think there's there's any chance whatsoever that all the stink around the Cardinals franchise during the summer, obviously the contract negotiations, all the horrible stories, and the the different parties having to come out with statements and you know the questions about the relationships uh, and that they were clearly both sides were pissed off with the other at different points so do you think any of that could have potentially carried into the season to create a potentially a, a vibe that that's not as uh, not as impeccable as it should be um i think maybe there's a little part of that but i think that happened such quite a while ago everyone's sort of focused on the season and Obviously, you're going to sort of look back to those moments potentially when things aren't going well um, and, and it perhaps becomes a bigger issue than it needs to be. But I think in general, you know, there's not there's a reason why Kime and Clingsbury were given such long contracts. Um, I don't I think it's quite a lot of overreaction to how bad it is. Um, I think I think we'll be fine in the long run. Fair enough. And uh what I've been waiting all show to do is move on and talk about this Bucks offense. So let us do that, shall we? That's been pretty poor, hasn't it? Uh, yeah, Rush uh, Rusho is the worst in the league, uh, literally at a uh, historical rate. 
the last team actually to average less yards per carry over a full season was the Chargers in two thousand. In two thousand, uh, I'll just uh, my little take on it. After having Bruce Arians uh, as our head coach, it just feels like we've got absolute wet white play calling and 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 coaching, and I I hate it. I've seen a lot of other Bucks fans say it as well. Like we are missing Bruce Arians right now, and that's not how we expected it. Uh, to be at all, like, the rumours that Brady is the one that got Bruce Arians out, but like, Sunday was so bad, and we've run out of excuses now, we had injuries at the start of the year, obviously, uh, like, long-time O-line issues, and rejigging that, and Mike Evans, and Godwin, and Jones, Gage even were out at the start of the year, but um, that's all by the wayside now, they've just got, um, they've just got these questions to answer, uh, Evans only had four targets on on Sunday, caught them all for 40 yards or something. Brady only has one interception on the season, literally the lowest turnover-worthy turnover, wor- turnover play rate in the league. But that, that's pissing me off. Why are right. we playing it so safe and conservatively? It shouldn't be... I wish Tom Brady had three more interceptions this year because maybe we'd be pushing it down the field a lot more. Mike Evans is going to win those those 50-50 balls most of the time. Chris Godwin is so good in the slot down the field as well. Like We've got Julio Jones. Of course, he's been injured, but there's no reason... With our wide receiver call, we can't play more more shots downfield. We've not we've we've not lost a game. We've been in every game. We've been playing in ourselves conservatively. I'd rather us throw three interceptions and and make mistakes out of the game rather than just you know sleepwalk to to this offensive shite. I think you're saying it's sort of the same thing, exactly the same situation at the Cardinals. That you look the things that you have just gone through there is sort of. It's very very similar situations as you sort of early on mentioned about about the O line, you know losing uh, Jensen wasn't it? Um, that was a big big change, yeah. big loss there. Um, Kappa as well. That they're all so important. Again, movement receivers not being out, not being available early on. These still things they're so similar. I think that you know they are the things that are impacting why both of the offense are doing poorly. Uh, and again, it, it, that's how the NFL works. And sometimes you're going to have the luck f- slide in your favor, and other times you're not. No, but I, I don't put it down to uh, luck at all. I expect this team to overcome that. This offensive not line, injuries, maybe not though. Do you think? Yeah. Do you think the problems that Brady's facing off the field, for instance, lo- losing the love of his life, having to leave his kids behind, <laughs> and losing the o- other love of his life in Gronk, have something to do with that? Oh, Gronk again, again, omissions from the team. It's same story to me. Um. Yeah, but Gronk. Yeah, Gronk could make such a big difference to this team. It's unbelievable. I don't know. I keep seeing on telly and stuff. Just come back and play football, man. <laughs> um, but do I think? It, but I, I don't know. Yeah, I, I don't know. This week about him not turning up to walkthroughs, and he, he seems like I don't know. The, the the noise coming out about him kind of seems like he possibly regrets coming back, and he, he wish he's just waiting on that that big big fat check from Fox, and he, he it's like you you see him shouting at the O line. He, he's just, He's going out drinking, not turning up to to, to watch. Wait, 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 wait. he's not drinking. (laughs) Bro, who goes to a wedding and doesn't drink? Tom Brady, obviously, not heard of this guy. Sure. No, no, I get it. it, It's hard not to kind of see it that way, looking from the outside. Um, um, Will his divorce have an effect on his mental health? And will that have an effect on the way he plays? Maybe, but 
I'm not going to, like, guess about that sort of thing. Tom Brady himself has played uh, fine this year. Like, uh, like I said before, he's not. He's still got just as strong of as an arm. He's still just as quick to throw the ball. Uh, he's still, like... Not as accurate, like, he's not obviously playing as well as he was last year. Obviously, he'd be in a better position, but, like, the issue is not Tom Brady, or at least there are a lot more issues than Tom Brady. Am I kind of... There is a bit of me wondering myself, yeah, why weren't you there with the team on Saturday, flying flying to the game with the team and stuff like that? And there's been other reports, like, he's going to miss Wednesdays, but he hasn't if, missed if a single Wednesday If was doing yet. all this sort of thing, you'd be... Having a field day, wouldn't you? On there, you'd be yeah. No, that's fair so enough. But shit. I think if you compare what Kyler Murray's done in this league and what oh, yes. Tom Brady's done in this league, there's a bit of a difference there. Well, yeah, but uh, that's not comparing that. I don't think being the greatest of all time gives you the right to do stuff like that. Though. No, no, no. And I, I was going to get. I think Tom Brady hated this. I don't think he would have come back unless, like, his juices inside of him, his competitive juices, like, made him. And those are still there. Like. It, He's not come back and risked divorce and, and all this shit just to like half ass it whatever and, and wait to the big payday when he when he's getting paid. I think he absolutely hates this. You can see his frustration growing in every game and I love what he was doing to the O line on Sunday and the O linemen themselves have said they love it as well. That's why Brady is who he is. Like he's been doing that throughout his time in the NFL. I think what I think and maybe I think this because I'm hoping is that like most adversity Brady has faced, is going to motivate him even more. He's going to do absolutely everything within his power to to turn this around, to script, to to flip the narrative on its head, and to get this offense uh, playing like a playing like a real offense. Um, and luckily, we've got the Panthers next week to to sort of implement it. It feels like a, a massive moment in the season right now. With everyone's talking about us, that loss to the Steelers against bloody Trubisky and Pitt <laughs> was so ugly. So ugly. So, Now's the time to to get in, get the work done, and and the coaches need to do it as well. They, like things need to change, but I don't think application will be the issue. So so you say, luckily we have the Panthers. What what will you be saying if if you come out of the game with the Panthers and it's a lot another loss? Well, um, but another thing we're lucky about as well. Like we, this is think how bad it seems at the minute, but we're still top of the NFC South. Uh, and we'll get into the NFC a little bit in a bit, but the NFC looks looks so weak. So like I'm st- right right now, I'm still confident that we that we win the NFC self 100, percent and I'm still confident that that our offense will obviously improve a lot. We've got too much talent really for it not to. The O line uh, is is still a decent O line at least. You have got Worth there playing right tackle. He's played like one of the best right tackles in the league because he is. Shaq Mason's fine. And I just think the the left side of the line, if Donovan Smith's healthy, that's fine. But then the, it just takes rookies to, to bed in a little bit. It takes time for an O-line to gel or whatever. So I I've, I feel all right, really. So, so you're not going to repeat what you said the other day regarding... Oh, if we Panthers. lose to the Panthers, yeah. I, I just realised I didn't answer <laughs> your fucking question at all. Uh, but uh, yeah, I, if I we lose to the Panthers that. against PJ Walker, um, yeah, it's big... It's big fucking troll. I'm not gonna throw out massive hyperbole because because of the state of the NFC at the minute, and you can you can still turn it around. But um, if our offense like doesn't improve even against that Panthers D, I, I don't know. We're in real trouble. I. Actually, mm. was so was so angry after that Steelers loss that the Eagles jersey came on before the. <laughs> of game course started. it did. Of course it did. Secret Eagles fan over there. Yeah, I love them Eagles, bro. Give me Jalen Hurts as the number one rushing QB in the league. I think they're pretty much the only NFC offense performing 
to a good standard at the moment. Um, quite a running theme in the NFC at the minute. Poor offense uh, everywhere. Um, Harry, you got any it's thoughts funny, on that? It's funny how the, the tables have turned because I remember last year when yeah. the Bills were doing well and I used to get, oh, but the AFC shit. <laughs> yeah, we it's did funny, say that. It's funny how quickly the tables have turned. <laughs> um, yeah, no, the NFC is, looks really bad. And it's not just uh, it's not just in the NFC that offenses are struggling in fact, across the whole NFL, uh, teams are averaging just 21.6 points per game, down from 23 in uh, last year, and the year before was actually 24.8. So offenses have been down real bad. Um, I think it's been highlighted by some stinkers in prime time as well. You know what I'm talking about. Um, I've oh, seen some people suggest start it. a petition right now to get the Broncos banned from prime time. Oh dear. yeah, they only got one more, uh, and that can be flexed out. So, oh no, actually, they're in them. They're playing a London game, uh, like a week on Sunday. So we'll be seeing them again. Um, but anyway, I, I, I've seen some people suggest it's because of the prevalence of cover two defenses. So teams are forced to. Uh, throw underneath, take what the defense gives them, and obviously that's going to result in less explosive plays, longer drives, and and less points overall. And and obviously sometimes yourself. it can take offenses a few weeks to warm up. But I just think I wanted to highlight this NFC because it just seems so weird to me. Like you say about the Eagles there, and and you, looking at it, you have to say pretty much by far and away they're the best offense in the NFC. But yeah, they haven't. They've only scored they've only thirty scored points. Over thirty points once. So. Once, yeah, yeah, exactly, and that's that's the that's the elite standard in the NFC. Uh, but then, even when you uh, when you look below them, there's a there's pretty huge drop off, really. Like, who are you looking at in that NFC? Give me give me a team. The Vikings, maybe they got explosive players, but we talked about their offense before. You can't trust it. You can't trust Kirk. They've been inconsistent throughout the pretty much every game this year. Uh, who else have you got? You got the Forty ers They got Jimmy G. They they scored forty fourteen points on Sunday against the Falcons. You're not trusting them. Maybe the uh, maybe the Cowboys when we, Dak when comes back, back. Yeah, yeah. Um, but we'll have so, to see uh, that. But I, again, we, we've touched on this as well, and I think the, the Cowboys have got to play the same way when Dak comes back to keep the offense firing through the to the to the level it is right now. And as you say, the no one. Well, no and they one were really bad up. in that first game against the Bucks. They did. They scored three points, and that that played most of that. And then you've got obviously the the Super Bowl winners, the Rams. Their offense has been so bad; it's been awful. Their O line has sort of been decimated, hasn't it? I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah Whitworth, for sure. They, but they, they can't and... get Alan Robinson involved <clears throat> now. Yeah. Um, you've got it, the, the struggles. The struggles all across the NFC. You know, issues with O lines, issues with receivers. What, what, what offense there do you trust? Uh, t- t- none of them. Maybe I the Eagles because they can run. Eagles, yeah. Obviously, Jalen Hurts rushing that's ability it. and yeah, uh, that's literally it at the minute. But they're um, they're not that explosive, really, are they? No, they're you not. You, you the Seahawks. All the offenses are stinky, but you, we've also mentioned the Forty ers and the Cowboys there, which is two pretty incredible defensive teams. So. Is it yeah. something to do with how good the defences are in the NFC that their offences look so stinky and maybe the defences that we have in the AFC aren't as good? That's why we are putting up more points and looking like much better offences. Just a question definitely. I've got to throw out there for you. Yeah, for sure. No, definitely. And um, I did see someone else mention as well. We've had, we've seen a above average amount of tackle injuries as well. So obviously that's going to make... A big impact to the to the passing game, but it just 
I don't know. I, I don't really know what my point was here other than like, it's so weird to me to look at the NFC and there's there's not an offense there that I really trust. You trust no, the think, Eagles, yes, but they're not that explosive. I think yeah, it, I, I, Reese is right, really, you know, with um, with the defense. Obviously, teams go into a season knowing which what their, you know, <clears throat> where their strengths are, uh, and if you've already got a good defense, such as set up, you know, you you know, you make your team your defense win your games, and I think that's sort of how the Forty ers sort of conduct a lot of their business. You know, they mm. they sort of have a lot of their focus on on that defense, um, and that's sort of the tactics and just the sort of the way in which I think teams in the NFC have approach things. I mean, yeah, yeah. Even if you look at the Eagles, that the, they're the best offense when you look at it in terms of the NFC but they've got a very good defense as well so mm. as you say you know what you're good at they're going in they're scoring the amount of points and the defense is getting them over the line as well so I think the defense does have a, a big part to play in the point of the offense is looking so stinky yeah I think it's something um, that'll be interesting to track as the season goes see if the trend sort of continues, or if the offenses can turn it around, maybe Hopkins' return or uh, arrival will will sort it out for everyone. Not everyone can be lucky and have an O and a D like the Bills. Yeah, we'd just see what your the state you'd be in if Stefan Diggs was injured, mate. You would be in tears. Bills' jumper would be burnt, probably. You just you wouldn't be having it. No, oh, I'd just see how the Chiefs were doing apparently. <laughs> Okay, lads, that's a nice beefy NFL in rotation, isn't it? I think we'll take a uh, we'll take a little break there, and after we will discuss our top five rushing quarterbacks in this league. Hello, and welcome back to Throw in Rotation. Hope you enjoyed our first period and thank you for continuing to listen as we move on to our top five rushing QBs. Basically, what we're going to do is take it in turns, go through one to five and compare who we've got as our top five rushers. So we're not looking at their passing ability. Uh, we're going to we're going to just purely as a as a rusher. I think we've done it. Um, so let's get into it. Ashley, who have you got number one? It better be who I think it is. Yeah, I was going to say, I think there should be an undisputed number one. Yeah. And that is... Reese <laughs> is getting excited. He thinks I'm going to say Kyler. No! It's obviously Lamar Jackson. Yes. Yeah. He set the, um, he set the NFL uh, rush record for quarterbacks in just his second year in the league. Obviously won the MVP that year. And... Um, you know, he he might just be the greatest rushing quarterback ever. I think you you might be able to say that uh, already. But he's he's definitely up there with the likes of Michael Vick, Randall Cunningham, or even if he retired today. So we won't spend too long on on Lamar Jackson. We all knew he was coming number one. Now, now this is where I think it gets interesting. Uh, Asher, you got number two. Uh, I kind of hated it. I was sort of sitting there thinking about it, looking at different things, and. It's so tough to decide. This, as you were sort of saying um, before we recording, um, you can look at things on both ways. You know, uh, swings and roundabouts. Sort of, some some guys are better at other things. Um, yeah, there's different types uh, of rushing. Uh, yeah, obviously you've got your design and you sort of you're scrambling a bit more improvisation. <sighs> I really, I don't know. I think 
I'm going to say Josh Allen's number two. Oh, so controversial. <laughs> so controversial. <laughs> uh, I'm glad you guys didn't make me do my Kenny Pickett drop for uh, for the Steelers' loss, by the way. Anyway, Reese, what were you about to say, that's, something? That's very surprising that you've put Josh Allen so high, to be honest, because, like, but as I say, as I said to you before we started, I, I went from more of a aesthetic way, like in terms of the way it looks when they rush, rather than solely based off stats. Wait, and did this guy not even put Alan number two? I think I think Disco, Josh Allen, is, your, is Alan number two for you? No, he's I not. Jo- I think Josh Allen's more of a big freight train bruiser kind of guy if you get what i mean he's gonna yeah. run through people he's gonna not jump that? over people no i do rate it but in terms of like like when you, you want it to look fancy and look all nice well, and twirly well, and you want well, to do little fucking dances on the field like, don't, don't tell me that's exactly why that's exactly why i went for kyla number two. Oh well well um to be fair he was my other option was kyla murray yeah, you just well, didn't um, want the piss to get taken out of me. No, I, I, it, so it was tough. It? Oh, no, 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 it was two, tough. His number two is Kyler, he's lying. So, Ash, explain yourself. Why have you gone with Josh Allen over your beloved Kyler? It was a toss-up, really. It was so tough. I, f- I think you could have asked me tomorrow and I would have said Kyler. Um, mm. But, you know, I, I think probably maybe a little bit of recency bias, that sort of leap he did uh, on Sunday it was just insane. I think... Just as a guy, he's such a just a unit, really. Like uh, six foot four, like his ability to escape the pocket, um, he can just do it all, really. Running, running through guys, um, leaping over him, uh, it's just pretty incredible. Uh, and you know, perhaps maybe uh, again, a recency bias. Kyle hasn't had sort of the best of years rushing. Um, uh, you know, asked me when he sort of had that eight. I think it was eight hundred yard year. I probably would have said Kyler. You know, uh, mm. ups and downs. But yeah. Josh Allen is just an incredible athlete all round, really, isn't he? No, yeah, I, I think Josh Allen has shown enough over the last year and this season to to show that he's probably a better all-round rusher than Kyler. But I thought I was going to have to argue with you about it, Ash, to be honest. But I do not even have Josh Allen as my number two. Yeah, wow, well, who's your guy? I'm I've got the, the boy of the year so far, Jalen Hurts. Yeah, Who had the most mm. rush yards and the most rushing touchdowns with 10 uh, of any quarterback in 2021. Um, he had 5.6 yards per carry last year as well. He's only behind Lamar in terms of yardage this year. Second overall, as in who plays any position in terms of, of rushing touchdowns this year, um, which is pretty impressive for a quarterback. And for me, the thing is, he is like so quick, but also so strong as well. Like, I think he, other than Lamar, blends those two things uh, the best. Like Eagles have just started lining up like behind him on four for one, and they just push him through. And it's partly to do with how good that O line is, but he's just so yeah. physical. And like, if they need four for one, they're just like a running back. Just go truck through him, mate. Just go pick it up. Um, and for me, that's the biggest difference in Jalen Hurts and Josh Allen over Kyler Murray is that uh, Kyler Murray can't really just dip his shoulder and, and go through to get that extra couple of yards while he might. And uh, he obviously is so electric. I love watching Kyler play, but I I think for those reasons, uh, you, you've got to say that, that Allen and Hurts are the better all-round running back, I think uh, quarterbacks, as you, as you rushing say, quarterbacks. Jalen Hurts... He's, he's like a mixture of the two, in a way. He, he's got that elusiveness, whereas Josh Allen's... 
lacks the elusiveness, but he'll run right through you kind of thing, if you get what I mean. Yeah, I know. I mean, he can be elusive uh, when he yeah. needs to, obviously not to the same level, but I, I think... Um, and I think Josh Allen has taken it up a notch just in terms of the excitement level this year. That they have a stiff arm that was ridiculous earlier in the year. Yeah, Jalen Ramsey's face. Yeah, just that was crazy. Off. And then obviously the hurdle on Sunday. Like if you're doing this, then um, he deserves to be. So, so Reese, who have you got? You've got Lamar Jackson first, then Kyler Murray, and and then what? Josh Allen three. Jalen hurts. Hmm. For the reason yeah, I, I just said, I like as, as as I said with the recency bias, I, I went with there was a runner seen on red zone from Kyler Murray the other day, and it he he started on the right hand side of the field, and he was on the left touch the the left hand side of the field, but yeah, the he, do he that. finished the run. And mm. I think, like, elusiveness in terms of, like, most guys won't be able to make it from that one side of the field to the other with a rush. Yeah, that's so, uh, I, Carla Murray, it was, as I said, it was sort of a toss-up. He was sort of... Uh, it, could have could have gone in at second and third. Uh, it hurts. I don't. Know. I think I just put him just behind. I think sort of my the only reason for me was um, I think obviously scheme plays a massive impact. Yeah, on, fair um, enough. You know the yard statistics, uh, touchdowns as well. Um, you know that that plays an important part. I think that is probably what sort of um, turned it for me. And when when I sort of thought back at Russian quarterbacks. I think most people will think of sort of the crazy plays that Kyler Murray does. I think I don't, yeah. there's not too many sort of highlight reels that you think Jalen hurts, but you know, look at Kyler. Oh, maybe I've just haven't seen them or can't think of them off the top of my head. But Kyler Murray straight away to me, you're looking at you know the, the crazy plays that he's extended. You know, sort of the distance he coverages, like Reese was just saying. Um, so yeah, that's why I've, probably why I was going to Kyler ahead of Jalen Hurts. Yeah, so you got Kyler at three, Hurts at four. Uh, I yeah. think it's fair enough because uh, Kyler Murray has a bigger body of work under uh, behind him as well, and I think Kyler Murray's high. I, I see what you're Kyler Murray's highs are higher. Like his best rushes are, uh, like you know, almost on a Lamar Jackson sort of level. But uh, I think uh, as well as the kind of lacking strength sort of thing, I think another reason I would put Kyler at four is because he's not rushing that much compared to these other guys. He's got only thirty eight attempts this year, and um. Is that's the the least, like considerably by anyone I've got on on my list, and and you, you like there's got to be a a reason for that. Is it a lack of go on, Reese? Who have you got at three then? Sorry, ah uh, me. Yeah. I've got Lamar Jackson one, Jalen Hurts two, Josh Allen three, yeah. and Kyler Murray four. Oh, sorry, um, I got mixed up. I thought you had seventeen at number two. No, Jackson Hurts. Josh Allen, Kyler Murray. So uh, as I was saying, like, why are they? Why is like with that offense struggling so much? Why is Kyler Murray not not rushing it as, as many? Danny Dimes actually has more yards than Kyler Murray this year. Um, that is a lack of trust to not fumble well, again, to not get uh, injured. It's not. Maybe I don't think so. Is that? I, th- I think maybe just well, maybe maybe partly wanting to make sure that the that we're ready for the stretch of the season um yeah <clears throat> so but... f- for, you know that's going to be in the mind of every sort of coach um so but i i did i have sort of said before i think we probably do need to use his rushing abilities more yeah um, i feel like he did, tried a little bit on sunday we yeah. did he had 10 rushes rush for 100 yards but just still couldn't get that offense going <clears throat> all right all right all right so um 
Who have we got? So we've all got the same top four, have we? Then just no, in different no, orders. no. I've not said my four yet, and right. it's um. Wait, so say say your top four just to clarify. So I've got Lamar Jackson number one, Kyler Murray number two, Jalen Hurts number three, and then mm. I, 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 you've kind of twisted my arm because as as I said, I I've been looking at it from an aesthetic point of view, how it looks like the elusiveness and stuff like that. And I've got a name at number four. Well, I had a name at number four. That no, I no, no, stick with it. it. Stick with stick it. Stick with it. All right. These are going to love this. Mr. Patrick Mahomes. Mm. No, I think um, I can t- I, I, he's sort of quite hard for me, to be fair. Yeah, he's it, knocking on the door, but I... Go on. It, it's the same as what we said about Kyler and... LJ, it's he's just so elusive. Um, I thinking back to the play where I said earlier when I said Von Miller missed the sack and managed to get him on the line of scrimmage. He, he ran rings around about four people by mm. the time Von Miller managed to get to him. Albeit yeah. he didn't get very far, but you even look at the play he made against the Buccaneers, rushed on. Well, he, he must have went about seven yards back, and then he rushed to the line of scrimmage, remembered where he was and managed to get the shovel off to to get the touchdown. I think just things like that is awareness. That that's why I've got him high. He's, he's clutch, Sherman. isn't he? You know, yeah. he make it this is again a sort of similar point as to oh, why I didn't want to necessarily focus on sort of yardage and statistics um with this. You know, for, for me when you're looking at somebody like Mahomes, he's making those short runs in the clutch moments and perhaps times when you're not sort of expecting it, but he does it well every time. And not not even just completing uh, the rush, but sort of on the scramble when he's throwing on the scramble as well, how he can escape the mm. pocket and extend plays, you know, as we against the Bucks where he sort of Extended that play over to the right hand side, and it's sort of like a little flip pass, wasn't it? Um, he'll, he'll, he'll scramble out the pocket, crazy. and he'll leave him for yeah. his left. But he's, he's, he, yeah, he, he his body he's... control is uh, like unbelievable, and um, yeah, he definitely deserves a mention for all of those things. And like he is just clutch, and but I, I would have him in the like in a different category, or maybe a tier below everyone I've got here because he just, Ooh. I don't know, he's not that like he. He he runs when he needs to. As Ash said, he's kind of clutch and like he does. He looks amazing when he is. But I think in terms of like like rushing ability, he is a, a step you know, below anyone I, I've I got on my when, when I've seen him play against the Bills, it's always been, as you say, he runs when he needs to. It always it, you can see even on our defense, it takes him by surprise. It's always it makes it look like he's gonna pass, and then all of a sudden he just takes off downfield. And I think. The fact that I've seen that happen to us so many times that it might might be causing some bias as to why I see him. No, nah, no, nah, it, uh, it raises five. an interesting point as as Ash was saying, sort of thing like how how well are you rating their ability just to you know put their foot in the ground and run, or like how how are you rating their ability to incorporate that into their their whole game sort of thing, which obviously Patrick Mahomes does yeah. just as well well-ass as pretty much I had anyone. Him at five on my list. Oh yeah, interesting. Interesting. Yeah, I've went for Josh Allen at five, and the fact mm-hmm. that you said you got Mahomes in it in the tier below your five, I'm very interested to hear who you've got mm. in it, the five spot. Uh, number five for me is Justin Fields. I mean, mm. he's a really talented rusher of the ball, oh, and in um in terms of stats and everything, he's he's right up there with with any of these guys. Um, 
he's got a bit more strength than Kyler Murray than sort of thing, but it, it doesn't feel like he's quite as explosive maybe. But I was watching his highlights as well from his first however many games in the league, and he does some ridiculous Houdini type of stuff. He had 5.8 yards per carry uh, last year, uh, monster game versus the Niners, and he's got elusiveness to, to match. I mean, he's the only here, reason, but... really, like, well, alongside Montgomery as well, and why the Bears actually score any offensive points, really. I, I, yeah, I that. G- given your two points there, look, looking at who I've got down on my paper, I think I've kind of, me and Ash have kind of gone for y- your big quarterback kind of guys, whereas maybe I'd, the thought of Justin Fields did cross my mind given what you said, but I think I've kind of went for, like, big-name quarterbacks and kind of wrote him off because of his inability and to do other things and his, obviously, yeah. stature with the Bears. I think I've went for teams that are bigger. Maybe I've concentrated than... on, the, like, on the actual Russian, like, basically who would be the best Russian running yeah, back yeah. if they running back sort of thing. But, yeah. um, but Fields I... definitely up there for, you know, elite rusher of the ball, really. Yeah, for sure. I went big on him this bloody in a in an auction uh, draft in a fantasy league. I like it. We had our our budget was about a thousand dollars, and I spent thirty. I think thirty dollars less. It ended up being on um, Justin Fields and Patrick uh, than Josh Allen. Um, so that league is obviously going really well because he gets about eighty yards a week and maybe You're a couple of rushes boy. if I'm lucky. So I yeah, I'm a big I'm a big Justin Fields boy. Actually, I know you like him too. Yeah, um, true. But but that, I think it's been a, a pretty interesting conversation. It's been interesting to see how we've gone in in different ways about it. And oh my god, I've just remembered something. What the fuck are you talking about? Oh wow. Yes, that's right. It's time for the introduction of a new segment. Just as I was putting a nice bow on that other one, it is. What the fuck are you talking about? Uh, so we we just had this idea where uh, obviously we make a lot of predictions, we have a lot of takes on various stuff, um, and obviously we're going to get a lot of things wrong. We might get some things right sometime. So we thought we just introduce this. Stuff, don't we? <laughs> yeah, for sure. Uh, we introduce this. Thanks again to our voice actor Liam Hampton, and then we'll kind of go over what one of us might have said in a previous episode uh, that's left us with a vegan egg alternative on our face been questionable for the game looks like he's gonna go but um i don't know i can't really what do you think the giants route to victory is because I, I just can't see happening tear apart the giants defense to be fair i can see this being getting getting out of hand to be fair. <laughs> romeo dobbs has looked good last couple of weeks uh i can't i hate to say it's a bit boring but i, can, I cannot see anything other than a, a packers win i should have clarified mm. that was before uh last sunday's uh round of fixtures uh where i was saying there's absolutely there no chance ago. Yeah, there's no chance um, whatsoever that the that the Giants beat the Packers in London. Um, so I don't know. Do you want to abuse me or something? I don't. But, know. Uh, I think you've put a clip of yourself in there. But if I remember rightly, Ash was on the same train until my comments twisted his arm. Not, a bit. As, no, so as, not as you much. Put... Not as much. Yeah, the, no. I... This guy was very staunch on. I was oh, agree- right. I was saying that this is not going to happen. Now. I just yeah, cannot see a way whatsoever. And it, yeah. I listened to it just before, and Ash was saying, "Yeah, with, with Saquon Barkley, the the Packers' run D is bad as well. You know, there's a chance, there's a chance." But since you're so interested in taking credit, I have prepared this as well, Reese. I think I must be the only one that that thinks there's a slight chance of an upset. You're on the day ball train, aren't you? Yeah. 
Very much, very much so on the day, Walter. And I think he's the, the way he's. They look like a different team. They they've got that mentality to get games over the line now, and I I can honestly see an an upset coming. The, the Packers struggled against Zappi, a fourth round rookie pick against the Pats last week. I I, I think I think you're being too quick to shut the Giants out here. Mm. <laughs> Oh well, boy! See, I'm not just a pretty face, boy. <laughs> yeah, no, yeah, pretty, fair play, um, fair pretty impressive. Uh, stay tuned in the coming weeks for more of. What the fuck are you talking about? You, you gave us a very good little clip for the segment there when you mentioned vegan vegan alternative egg <laughs> on your face. <laughs> what the fuck are you talking about? No, well, I just really in my head I realised I was about to say uh, egg on my face, but I, I don't want egg on my face. So. <laughs> yeah, save the planet. Yeah, so, um, what a cunt I am. Um, so I just I I didn't actually end up. Um, capping off that final segment, the top five rushing QBs. I think it would be a good idea to to make a graphic of each of our top fives, put it on Twitter, and maybe run a vote to see uh, who agrees with with who the most sort of thing. How does that sound, guys? And mm. what is actually our what is our Twitter as well? Yeah, it sounds great. I'd love to get some reactions from people on Twitter at Throw In Rotation. Um, check us out on there. Yeah, no, it should be interesting. We've come at it from kind of different spots, but we've also, like, um, Reese has uh, Kyler Murray higher than, than Ash does, despite him being a Cardinals fan. I've got Josh Allen, and Ash has Josh Allen higher than higher than um, Reese does. So, yeah, it's interesting how they have come out, and stay tuned to our social media for more on that. I think that will put a nice little end on today's episode. So thanks for staying, uh, thanks for listening, and we'll see you next week. Nice. Reese, what about your little bye? I'm waiting on Ash saying his bye. So oh, I yeah, but Ash, say bye. Uh, sorry, sorry. You should have just done it, Reese. Say bye. What, bye? <laughs> bye! But. Okay. They didn't I didn't realise. Sorry, I didn't realise you guys took the byes that seriously. No, it's because <laughs> every week I went, bye! At the end. Uh, sorry, yes, sorry. he takes it very seriously. Sorry, guys.